There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Welcome to another episode. I could never be here on the Popcorn Talk Network. I really thought about opening this show with some Christmas music, but true story, this past week I was listening to Christmas music in my car and I've been really busy the last several weeks. And I actually had to shut it off because Christmas music really made me not want to do work, which is not a bad thing because we're in the mood for Christmas music. It's fantastic. But I actually had to shut it off because I thought, man, this makes me just want to sit inside by a fire watching a movie. And I was like, nope. I got to be focused. I got to finish off the year strong. And I hope that's what you guys are doing as well. Definitely take some time to relax. Take some time to maybe watch a movie, sit by a fire, listen to some Christmas music. But we're not done with this year yet. And that leads me to my advice for a better life. Talking about 2019, which is crazy that it's just a matter of weeks away. And the best way to make 2019 the best year of your life starting right now, starting today, start making those plans, start making the preparations. What do you want to accomplish? Maybe say, here's a couple goals, because that way on January 1st, when the new year actually does come, you're not stuck inside making the plans. You're actually outside hitting the ground running, getting ahead of everyone else. And that is how you will make 2019 the best year of your life. 2019, going to be a big year for our guest today. 2018 has been a fantastic year. 2017 was a fantastic year. He is an incredible actor with an incredible resume. He currently stars on Sci-Fi's Van Helsing. You also see him on CW's Arrow. In 2017, he played Winter in War of the Planet, War for the Planet of the Apes. And next year, his docket is very much full, starring in TNT's Snowpiercer, the TV series based on the movie, as well as starring opposite of uh, some big stars in Cold. Pursuit. Liam Neeson, one of those people. Certainly a lot on his docket. Please welcome Alex Ponovic. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Dude, thank you so much for having me. I love everything that you guys were just saying in the beginning. Getting 2019 <laughs> started, man. Like, that's that's it. I'm digging it. I'm well, digging it. Well, especially for you as an actor. I mean, tw- you're working on projects for 2019, what, six months ago, nine months ago? Yeah, around, around, uh, yeah, around six months ago. Wow. Is that crazy to sometimes think how long projects are in development and until they come out? I mean, yeah, it, it varies absolutely, but I mean, yeah, it, it's it takes a while, and there's times where I went, oh, oh, I totally forgot I shot that, <laughs> and, it, and 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 then it comes out. So you know, I, I get a, I get I feel like I get two Christmas presents when I get the gig and I'm working on it. Uh, that's one present, and then all of a sudden. You know, six to seven months later, it airs again, and I get to remember the great times that I had on the show. So I, I, I love that aspect of it. That's an awesome way to look at it. I know right now you're certainly, uh, you know, knee-deep knee in Van Helsing, which I'm assuming, is that what you're shooting right now? I think you're, you're up in, in Canada right now? Yeah, we're actually waiting on our season four pickup. Like, we're okay. all pretty confident excited about it we're, we're hoping we get our season four pickup and season three has been airing on sci-fi um we're probably i think we have three more episodes mm-hmm. left um the ratings have been great people have been loving it um the fans have been absolutely amazing i'm just i'm i'm really fortunate to be in a position where the fans are so active on twitter and and the casting crew especially the crew 
um, who works so hard on the show and the cast, who we've all become really great friends, um, even when we're not shooting. So it's one of those things where it's a rarity to be um, that involved in a show. And I love working on Van Helsing so much and, and see the fans really kind of um, take to it has been has been just a blessing. Oh, of course, yeah. The fans are so dedicated, like you're saying. I mean, on social media, watching the show, tweeting, Instagram, all that kind of stuff, which is incredible. I'm sure you love to hear that. And certainly they want, I mean, yeah, they they want season four as much as you guys do. What What is the, the mood around people in the set? Is that something that's talked about, of like thinking that you're going to get it? Have you heard anything either way? Uh, no, we haven't heard anything. But the cool thing about it is that um, you treat every day while you're shooting as if it is your last time you're gonna, hmm. around. So we really kind of take that into effect of, of you know, um, just treasuring the moments that we have on there because we don't know if we're going to get picked up or not, like a lot of shows, um, <clears throat> and, and for various reasons. So it doesn't necessarily have to be something about ratings. It just could be something where, you know, somebody new might be hired at the network and they want to, freshen things up in their eyes a bit so sure. i just look at it i just look at it as a blessing that i get to be on that day and work on another season three and then when season three is done you just kind of you just kind of go i'd be okay if it ended because i i captured there's a lot that could impress you about the all-new honda prologue ev true it's got class leading passenger space and clean thoughtful design and intuitive technology but what really sets the prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. And was present in all those moments. Mm-hmm. But my God, do I want a season four. <laughs> your, your character this season, you've kind of gone back to being the bad guy again a little bit. Do you do you like that? Are you switching off? Do you like playing the bad guy or like the lovable guy? Which one? Um, well, I, I don't. I, I don't think I've, Julius's character has gone to the bad side. I think he's still fighting for the cause of the humans ever since he got switched over to be to be a human. So the last few couple of years, he's he's been on the the human side and and not not been the bad guy maybe that's what i maybe that's what i had switched around was that you you were the bad guy now you're playing the likable guy right yeah i started out season one as vampire julius which was very much a a hunger for power and thirst and thirst for blood um pretty pretty like um one dimensional in the way of i really wanted to focus on not a lot of emotion but a lot of um forward driving of getting what he wants Mm -hmm. and he'll do whatever he can to get it the human julius who i've been really having a great time playing remembers everything that he did as a vampire so he has this catholic guilt in in him (laughs) um you know and and he just wants to make it right and he doesn't care if his life gets sacrificed for it he's going out on his shield and doing something good and that's the way he would want to go out so him, you know, really kind of making it better for everybody, making it easier for everybody. I love that aspect of the character and, and showing his growth and 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 wanting to, um, to to right his wrongs. If you could see one thing for Julius in in season four, if you could maybe make a little uh, make a subplot or see your character do something, what would that be in season four? Huh? They they got me doing so many great things in the, these last <laughs> few years. It's been great. Um. And they, the, the writers have surprised me all the time. So I don't know, man. Like, 
you know, they this year they gave me a love interest, and, and she didn't she didn't last too long, so I kind of won't leave you another one. <laughs> it was like, oh, we're kissing. Oh, she bit. Now she's gone. What the? But 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 something definitely um, definitely you know stretching stretching my acting ability and 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 making this character that much more diverse. So you know, they, I had th- this beautiful emotional moments with my mother and. Mm-hmm. You know, the love interest and playing yep. the hero and playing the victim and they've just done such a wonderful job with me on this show so anything that i write i'm i'm stoked about yeah, and you seem like the guy too who's like again you feel blessed every time that you're on set so there's no complaints of you're like this is this is great i enjoy doing what what i'm doing i enjoy the challenge of whatever the writers have yeah i i, I love all of that i love getting on the set and and being thrown a curveball by, you know, we got five new pages that we just wrote. So here you go. Learn the lines. I, I love all of that. I, lo- I love, I, I think the testament is it starts from the head down. So, you know, the, the creators and writers, Simon Barry in the first season, Neela Butte, Jonathan Walker, um, Jackie May, Matt Venables, hmm. Jeremy Smith, all those people that wrote the show and produce and executive produce it and to, 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 um, Kelly Overton, who plays Vanessa, being a great lead, it all showers down with how great they are. So it's just it's just a joy to work and be on set and create awesome. some stuff that people really dig. Like last year when we did Comic-Con, the fans were just amazing coming out and staying out, outside of the hotel room, staying outside the panel at Comic-Con just to get a glimpse and you know sign, sign a shirt, sign, sign a poster. And we don't get to see that when we're working. All we see is each other and, and mm-hmm. trying to create the thing that we want. And when it actually actually rests and touches somebody in, in a certain way, how they love going along the ride with us when they watch it, it that, that, again, is one of those, you know, sugar on top kind of perks that awesome. we get to meet the fans that actually love the show. Yeah, and again, yeah, those those connections feed you when you are on set. Then it's a it's a cycle of you're doing this, and then you get that fan input, and then that just drives you even more any time that you're on set. That's that you're it's bang on. Mm-hmm. That's bang on. And, I, and then last year, a really good friend of mine, Adam Beach, who I've worked with before, um, you know, he had a uh, he's he's um, indigenous, and he had a friend that he was trying to mentor, and he was lived in Vancouver. And I had the opportunity, because he was an actor, he wanted to be an aspiring actor, I had the opportunity, because of how everyone's so great on set, to invite him on set, so he could actually see how it's getting made. And, you know, his eyes were super big, his dad was really thankful. Those are the moments, those are the moments that I really love, that I Mm -hmm. can get back to, because um, I I get what they mean. Like, I'm still a big kid at heart, so I know what those type of things mean, and, and... being a part of Van Helsing and how great everyone is gives me the opportunity to share that. And again, that, that's what, you know, that's for people who love acting, that's what they love to do. They love to create. They love to be able to put those expressions on people's faces and you do an incredible job. 2019 uh, is going to be a cold year with Snowpiercer and with Cold Pursuit, both uh, very cold climate uh, productions. Is there uh, anything you can tell us about those, or what are you looking forward to with those coming out? I know, like you said, that film, you know, six months ago at this point, some of those. Right, and I love, you're the first one that made that correlation. That's great. I didn't <laughs> even realize it. That's awesome. I, I, I'm just excited for them to come out. Like, I remember when I read the script, uh, the pilot for Snowpiercer and the script for Cold Pursuit, I, I, I got really excited just that I, I have a chance to be on, you know, a couple great projects. So um, I'm, I'm stoked to be a part of it. 
Now, with Snowpiercer, that's uh, based off the 2013 film with Chris Evans. Did you see that? Or you, or did you watch that when you know you, you got the script to just kind of reflect? Or how much is that going to be uh, going along with what the movie was about? Well, it's interesting because I remember getting the audition and and I was like, um, oh, I think I saw this on Netflix, like <laughs> scrolling by. So I watched it. I just wanted to get a taste of it just so I can know the tone of it before I actually went into the audition. I watched the whole movie. I was enthralled with it. I thought thought it was great. And sometimes I don't like doing that because it makes me a little bit more nervous when I go into the room. Mm. I like I like just kind of like being enthralled with it. what's on the page. But I, I got excited about it. I think the people behind it are fantastic. And then when when they they wanted me a part of the project, I was quite stoked. And it is it it is. I don't want to give a lot away, but it's basically the same idea with different classes on the train and and how cold you know it is outside. And everyone that's you know alive on Earth is on that train. So um, it's it's been, it, the scripts have been fantastic. I can't wait for for everyone to see it when TNT to step up and want to do this show it's it's great i'm stoked and now is there is there planning i mean it's it's weird sometimes of like a movie you think is like you know three hours and then you're obviously expanding that for a tv show and especially if you're going multiple seasons that like you're really getting in depth i think in some of the characters absolutely and it's an ensemble it's a massive cast that we have so you're going to have a lot of a lot of um great characters that you're going to be able to follow popping in and out, out of different episodes so I, I just think they did a great job of, of making it extremely interesting as a series. Now, your characters, I, I'm assuming uh, in that, certainly in the Planet of the Apes and in Van Helsing and a lot of the other projects. I mean, you're a big guy. You're 6'5", yeah. right? Big dude. I wish you almost on I'm also 6'5", and I rarely get a guest who's like just as big as me. And so I, I, I wish you were here. It would have been, been great. But obviously, I know you're, you're working uh, a lot there. And you're six. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up because we can't just brush it over <laughs> six five here. It, it's very rare where we get yeah. kind of like know each other at six five. That's a, that's a big boy club. Oh, you know, yeah. I have a lot of buddies that are big dudes. Like we just kind of gravitate towards mm-hmm. each other. So next time in, I'm in Los Angeles, I'm definitely coming in. We've got to bro out. Oh, 100%. What's your shoe size? There's the next question. 15. 15? Wow. I'm like yep. a 13, 14. So like, wow, that's. 15, that, that gets hard to find sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. Online shopping is the thing for me. I, <laughs> or, I go, or I go into a store with like a massive shoe store and I just go, just give me whatever you have in yeah. 15. And like three pair come out. Mm. <laughs> you know, like, You're like, I, I'll I, take I all three. Buy. Just they look yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, I always go to like the Nike outlets. The Nike outlets always have like the, the like, you know, big player shoes and stuff like that. So you'll get a, maybe a slightly, you get six pairs instead of three. Right, right, Double, right. Doubled it up for you. <laughs> uh, and it seems, you know, this is, again, your regular character. I think, how much do you use your past? Because you were a boxer growing up, correct? How much do you use that currently in that whole fitness regime in your roles? I, I, I try to use it all the time. I mean, in Van Helsing, you know, me talking about boxing so much, and I there's a parallel to me with boxing and acting because, you know, I, I did a play um, the first play I've ever done was with uh, an, uh, an amazing actress who has over 20 years in theater. I've never done anything. It's a two-hand play, so it's two two people for 90 minutes. I did this like eight years ago, and I remember how nervous I got before the first show. I can hear the crowd, and they're hustling around. I'm like, this is the first time I've done a scene longer than three minutes in my life, and now I'm doing a, 
90 minute play. Wow. And, and I remember getting so nervous and I was like, Oh no, I know exactly what this feels like exactly right before a fight. I had that nervous energy, that visceral feeling. And so I just started shadow boxing, breathing, relaxing, and then told myself, no one's going to punch me in the face out there. So just go ahead. <laughs> so yeah. boxing helps out a lot. Yeah. A laugh, uh, a laugh or anything worse that they could do still feels better than a punch to the face. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And well, so I just, I, I draw comparisons quite, quite a bit just to relax me, to stay present. Um, the biggest thing is relaxing. Once, once you're relaxed in a scene, um, you, you get to have so much more creativity. The scope widens. And um, and it's really helped me in my career. Now, how young were you when you started boxing? Because I, you know, the things that I've read, I mean, you were you were really good until you had the shoulder injury, right? Well, yeah. Well, I grew up boxing, so my dad's a boxer, my grandfather, my uncle. I have three generations of boxers wow. in the family, and um, so I've always known the technique of it. I've always known the mechanics, and that's what I love about it the most. It's the science. It's <clears throat> it's the way. You angle to one side. I, I was never when I boxed. I was never in the mindset of like hurting the other person. I just I I was all about when he throws that punch. I know how to get under it this way to connect this way. You're a tactical boxer. More, yeah, very technical in that way. And to be my size, there weren't a lot of guys that were technical like uh, as as lucky I was to be technical because they're they were older and heavier in my division. So they usually had other sports. And um, I was just lucky that I had a great teacher with my dad and I got to really learn the craft in that way. So for me, um, I had quite a bit of success. But there, there were guys that you know, were lighter than me, that were super fast, way more technical. I was in a super heavyweight division where it wasn't as technical. So I was quite fortunate. Now, uh, you hurt your shoulder at the 99 Pan America game. Did you expect to go pro? Were you thinking that that was the path you were on? Honestly, like I started late, like I boxed, I learned how to box very early, but I started competing late because what age is, what age is late for boxing? Oh, like I, I I started competing like in my mid twenties to early thirties. And, and that's, that's quite late, but I wasn't, I wasn't full force because I played in a band for a long time. And so that was the thing that I really enjoyed. I just, I just loved telling stories and I loved entertaining and music was a huge part of my life. And then when I transitioned into acting, I found another, here's another venue that I can go in to tell stories. And it was so opposite from my, my size and, and, you know, wanting to be um, almost like encouraged to go pro and to take it to the Olympics, Olympic level. And I just felt I have such a huge respect respect for the sport that I couldn't do it um, half-assed. I, I needed mm-hmm. to either give it 100% or don't do it at all. And I feel like that was a part of my injury is that, you know, I didn't prep the way I wanted to prep. I wasn't as 100% involved mentally because I had other stuff going on. So I just gave it the respect that it deserved. And I train all the time. And, and any pro that I see or come across, I have so much respect for them. Um, but yeah, my, my, my path was different at 25. If someone would have asked you at 25, what do you want to do with your life? What would you have said? At 20, I honestly, well, I want to pay rent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That sounds familiar to a lot of 25 year olds I've talked with. (laughs) 
Right, right. But again, I started late. Like when I got, when I really started to do, uh, think about acting as, as okay, I need to be extremely serious about this. <clears throat> I was in my 30s. And so for me, and going to acting class and so many amazing acting schools in Vancouver that um, the people that I was friends with were like eight to 10 years younger than me and, and, and were getting very early success in their careers. And I wasn't, I just was getting into it. And it was a thing of perseverance of just going, you know what, I, I, I honestly believe viscerally that this is what my calling is to tell these stories um, coming from this vessel. And it was frustrating. It was, I was down and out a lot. Um, but I, I kept at it with a great group of people around me and, and mentors and amazing teachers that had just started to kind of, it started to kind of hit. Um, and yeah. I just give a lot of that to just staying with it and just feeling like, you know, this is what you were meant to do and you just stick with it. Yeah. When you're in your, you know, low thirties, there's gotta be people who are in their upper teens, low twenties in those classes, right? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I was I was grandpa in there. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, did you have any nicknames? Were they were they uh, looking at you like? Are you, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, were people kind of giving you that look or even asking you that of like, are you sure well, at this point? Well, being well, being six five, they wouldn't say anything. <laughs> not to your face. <laughs> right, right, not to my face. But I felt it, right? Like I totally felt it, and I felt. Um, you know, I felt that some people were giving me the, like, mm, this guy's going to give it a shot, whatever. And then there were other people going, good for you, man. Good for you. Giving it a shot. And I gravitated towards a lot of the positive people and, and was challenged by the negative people. And I was really blessed that, you know, I love that I, you know, I love that I worked hard to get here. That's, that's the biggest thing. That, that's the thing that I'm really enjoying later on in my life that, um, or, you know, in, in this part of my career that I'm really still having a great time. And, and I don't know how what I would have reacted if, if I had early success and didn't really develop and, and yeah. have that um, understand failure. Do you know what I mean? There's some people out there that have succeeded oh, yeah. without understanding failure. And that's yep. a, it's rough when they're going to get it. You know? Oh, absolutely. And I was just having this conversation with someone literally, uh, I think, two or three days ago saying that time in the present moves very slowly. Time in the past moves very fast. And so right. you looking at that and saying, you know, in the present, that time must have been very slow. You go into a class, and then you have to wait a couple more days or a week for another class, and it feels like, man, when am I going to get my break? And now you looking back 15, 20 years later and saying, man, look at the last 20 years what I've done. Yeah. Yeah, it's – it's a, I, don't, I don't know, man. I just, I, it's such a beautiful place to be in, and, and for me – to look back and go like, I, I worked hard to get here. And thank God I had people that I, um, that connected with me and wanted me to succeed. And I think that's a testament to how I grew up with the way my mom, I'm a huge mama's boy. And so my mom is a huge inspiration to me and watching her work and, and just surrounding herself with good people is a testament to who you are as a person, as opposed to, you know, always going like, I was lucky to have this person in my life. Well, 
you know, you got to give testament to yourself, and and that's who people want to be around too. As so, the, as a fighter in that competitive spirit, I mean, when you knew people were maybe doubting you or people have doubted you in the past, does that trigger something in you of like? I'm going to prove you wrong. You're going to now you just made me work twice as hard. Well, I think I think that's just a natural thing that people do. It's like you either fold and go, you're right. I, I, I'm going to go, you know, dig a ditch for for money. And not that there's anything wrong with hard labor, but it's never anyone's dream. Um, and and, you know, that 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 thing of, of proving people wrong is just an innate thing that you want to do. But also that wears off. Mm-hmm. So when you want to do something, in my eyes, if you want to do something, you're that passionate about it, nothing else is happening. You're in blinder, you have blinders on. And that's what carries you through the persistence end of it. That's what carries you through when that anger or that revenge type thing it, it, you're full of and that dissipates in your body. Do you still want to do it to the capacity that you were doing it to prove something wrong? That's the testament of, 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 a, of, of true um, um, pursuit of what you love to do. Yeah, persistence, dedication, absolutely, and you certainly had it. One of my uh, favorite questions, and that I love talking with people both on the show and outside of the show, is like the: How did you afford to pursue your dream? What jobs did you do? What were you doing to be able to make money? I mean, when you're in your 20s and even your early 30s, and you're trying to do these acting classes, those obviously cost money. You're trying to work around schedules. I mean, what were you doing to be able to support yourself during those times? Well, I, I saved a little bit of money, not a lot. <clears throat> and I moved in with one of my good friends who lived in Vancouver, and he had a roommate. And it was a two-bedroom apartment, and he, he was cool with me living there. But my for me to pay rent, I had to clean the place. And they were like <laughs> a couple of frat kids. So, like, with with a dog that was super hairy. And so I was I was I, – I washed the dishes. I did the laundry. I cleaned the floors. Uh, that was the rent that I that I paid, and I and I slept on a foam mattress about that thick, and that's all I had. Was on the ground? Key. Pardon me. On the ground, or did you actually have a bed? No, no, on the ground. I just wow. like a foam, just a piece of foam. Wasn't even a mattress. And I had a tube TV, a small tube TV, <laughs> and and I bought a VCR, which was three hundred dollars at some point, and. And it took me like two years to pay it off. Uh, so I had nothing. And so I was lucky to have friends that were going, look, man, I get it. You just stay here. And then I would teach boxing. I would, I would, you know, get people an acting class and I would teach some boxing here and there. Um, and a really one of my best friends right now, I met a, li- a little, probably about a year after moving here. And he owned a brand new sports supplement company that was just going to be opening it up in uh, in BC to, to sell the product here. And he gave me an opportunity to to kind of sell the product. And when people don't know the product or don't know the person selling it, <laughs> and I've never I've never been in that situation before, they don't want it. So <laughs> it's a hard sell. So for, the, so for the first three years of me trying to make money selling that product, I lost money because no one really <laughs> wanted it. No one wanted it. And so where I lost money was I had to rent a vehicle to go to these stores. I had to put out my own like flyers and let them see it. I, like I just spent money going to all these stores across British Columbia and Canada 
and I wasn't making anything. But my gut was telling me, and my, my new friendship with this guy, uh, Shazad, was just telling me that, that there's, a, there's a future here. I'm still with that company. Really? 15 years later. I hope, I hope the, uh, the last 15 have been more profitable than the first three. Yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> very much so. And it's a testament to the friendship that I have with this guy. And, and it's a testament to me going, um, you know, I, I get that I'm not making money right now, but there's something about it. And there was something about sticking with it for me. Same thing with acting and, and how, it, how it's come across on the other side. They're one of the top uh, companies, not only in Canada, but in the world. And um, and I'm I'm it's a privilege for me to be a part of that company. But mm-hmm. again, it all ties into the dream that I wanted to do, which was tell stories and be an actor. And he gave me that opportunity where I didn't have to put, um, you know, go to a, another job all the time. I, I did it over the Internet and it, it's gotten to be a to be a, an income where I still get to meet the stores that I'm attached to and still get to do the things that I love to do. Your first big break, do you remember what would you consider to be that one that you were like, I, I made it to a certain, like, I, oh, wow, I got this? Oh, that's a great question. <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, I think working with Anthony Hopkins was a big one. Just because here I am working with my one of my heroes in, 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 this, in this business, and and you kind of sit there and you go, oh man, I just hope, I just hope, like I get a chance to just talk to him a little bit instead of just the scene. And he introduced himself to me, but I I went, dude, I went completely the opposite way of playing it cool. I want, <laughs> I did, I didn't want a fangirl, so I was like, just Alex, can I swear on here? Uh, yes. Kind of right. Yeah. Okay. So I just kept on saying to myself, Alex, keep the shit together. <laughs> just keep it together. Don't fangirl. So all of a sudden, the ADs are going, uh, Mr. Hopkins is coming in to do the scene. Alex, Mr. Hopkins will be right here. And the whole room just kind of shushed. And I remember just going, like, he's coming in this way. And I remember just going, just keep your shit together. Don't fangirl. <laughs> You're a professional. You're a professional. And sure enough, I feel a tap on my shoulder. And he was like, Hi, you're Alex, right? I'm Tony. Uh, we're doing a scene together. Nice to meet you. He shakes my hand, and I do I do this. So, what? And I realized you played it way too cool. Way Alex, too idiot. cool. So right when, <laughs> right when I right when I turned around, I literally caught myself and went, "You idiot!" I went, oh, "Sorry, I'm just a, I'm just a really big fan." And <laughs> and, it, and then it just poured out. Then it just poured out, and I was like, I just love you so much. And I, I went from one extreme to the other. And, and he laughed at it, which was hilarious. And then here's where it started to get really interesting. So we, he, he says, are you okay with a little bit of improv during the scene? And I'm like, yes. I'm not would, telling you no to. on anything. Yeah, I, I would love to. So we improv the scene. And then he comes back. He comes back and, and and says, "Alex, Alex, that was great. When you said that one thing, that was great because it made me bring up my gun over at this time." And I'm like, "Okay, but the only I said that because you said that other thing, so that'll help me." He goes, "Okay, I got it." And then he walks back to like rehearse it again, and I just kind of went, "I'm in acting class with Anthony Hopkins, wow. and we're jamming." Yeah. So we had this amazing synergy in our scene, and we go 
And that alone makes me go, I think I, I think this is like, this is it. This is the pinnacle. Yep. So then now we're, we're in our chairs talking to each other and boxing came up because he used to box. So we just kind of hit it off. And then we shoot the scene. We go back talking. And then he says, Alex, g- give me your number. I want to, I want to keep in touch with you. And I'm like, uh- <laughs> absolutely. And it didn't even matter if he, if he contacted me or not, my number is now in Anthony Hopkins. Phone. It, yeah. Yep. So I go, that's it. It's over. And I remember telling some friends, I get back to my hotel, take a shower and I'm, I'm getting ready for bed. And then Hopkins texts me. I went, I just got a text from Hopkins. This is crazy. <laughs> so um, I think that was when I really kind of went, this is, this is pretty cool. Cause then the next day, and this is a cool thing. The next day we were talking about the scene and I started telling him like, like, how did you prep for silence of the lambs? Like, what did you do different that all of us don't know? What did you do? And what did, what aren't we doing? And he was so great. He goes, well, here's the difference. You're never going to get to anywhere that's up here if you keep on talking about yourself here. Wow. Because you put me on a pedestal that you'll never reach because you put it there. I have it. So you're always going to put something above you. And and I, w- I was listening to him. He goes, I didn't do anything different than what we did yesterday in our scene. And the, the only difference is the, the movie ha- was a, a great movie that had a great time and I had a great character but I do that with all my characters, with this character, with other characters. It just happened to hit in a really lovely spot. But I didn't do anything different than what you're doing. So just wow. keep doing what you're doing and don't put anything above you. And I was I was really emotional when he was talking to me about it. He was really gentle and kind. And those are the moments where you try to be present and you, it's just another man talking to another man. Um, and that was one of the big, biggest things I learned with Hawkins. Wow, that's an incredible story. I'm still like almost stuck on the fact that he introduced himself as Tony. Yeah, Tony. It's Tony. <laughs> it's Tony. Who? Like, yeah, okay, Who's Tony? Tony. <laughs> I was, I was, and I'm like Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Yes, I'll call you Tony. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with Sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you think a lot of people in the industry have that mindset of like, like you, like you had before? And during your conversations there uh, of thinking that it's some really big thing that they did or something that, you know, that their path had that yours didn't have and not realizing that they literally it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing that we all go through. We're all going through the struggles. You think that's something that a lot of people just have to kind of realize and learn? I, I, I definitely do. And I think there's constant reminders and whatever. Whatever your job is, there's constant reminders. For instance, I had a really great friend of mine who's still a great friend of mine, but you know, you lose, lose touch ever after high school. And it was like, it was like, um, I got a Facebook message going, Hey man, I won't say the name, but it was, uh, I'll make up a name. Um, it was like, Hey man, it's Frank. I don't know if you remember me, but you know, I've been watching your show and I think you're really great in it. I'm like, Frank, we hung out all grade eight. Yeah, of course I remember you. <laughs> You're one of my biggest childhood memories. Are you kidding me? But in his eyes, because I have a certain amount of success, I may have forgotten, mm-hmm. which which is like I've done it before. I, I know a really great friend of mine who has amazing success right now. And I went through that after we lost touch in 10 years and I saw him somewhere and he was and he was like, Ponovic, hey, what's going on? I'm like, 
I, w- I was taken aback a little bit because he remembered me. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Of course he's going to remember you. So <laughs> it's that thing of people have a certain amount of success that you don't think that they'll remember. But that's not the case at all. Like we're just we're all working and, and moving forward, you know. I listened to uh, you know several interviews with you in the past, and you had a line, and I don't know if you remember this line, but you said, you want hills and valleys, you want the scars so you know what you've lived for. Yeah. What is, what is the meaning behind that in, in your eyes of having the scars so you know what you've lived for and you want the hills and the valleys? Yeah, I just, I just think, you know, a beautifully paved road that you would drive for, you know, three hours to get to the destination, be a nice, joyful ride. But to take five hours and go through the hills and valleys and maybe wipe out and and then you finally get there and you're like, oh, my God, we just went through all of that. And that's built me into a different level. Like I want I personally I, I scars tell a story of your life. It's like little chapters in your book and. I, I, I like the idea of going through something and persevering, not necessarily, um, you know, like cliff jumping and that whole thing, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I get the adrenaline rush from all that, but I'm talking about, I'm going through something and there's the other side and I had fallen, got back up, kept moving this other, there's a roadblock here. I go around that. I, I would personally like to be in those situations that my body and my psyche and my my energy remembers what it took to get there and gives it that much more tribute. Can you think of a scar that was bigger than the metaphorical scar that uh, is bigger than the others or a bump in the road that you almost thought was going to take you down was so close? This career, I mean, being an actor, this this the, the whole the whole thing. Like, I mean, I went through I went some through some really lean times, questioning myself questioning everything about myself. Um, and is this, you know, the reality of, should I get a real job or any of that stuff? Was that um, when you weren't getting, weren't getting roles? Yeah. I, I just wasn't getting booked. I, I would, I would go out to auditions and, and I would feel I did a great job, but I wouldn't get it. And then you have that question mark of like, what am I doing wrong? And, 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 to go through those moments and not repeat it and going, okay, well, maybe it's not what I'm doing wrong. Maybe it's my energy I'm walking in at. So now reevaluating that. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, finding things that you can improve on in yourself. There's always things to improve. There's never an easy skate. I want to keep on improving. If there's a mistake, I want somebody to tell me what the mistake is. So I don't, I, I try not to make it again as opposed to not having my friends call me on my bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, call me on my bullshit. Let me, let me hear it because I'll, I'll, I'll hear it from you in a way that I won't be able to see it. So I think those type of scars, and especially in this industry, and coming out on the other side and still being joyful and full of love and full of life, um, I don't, I don't want to be on the other side of being jaded because of things that are happening now. Or even... Maybe there won't be success. Maybe I won't work in 2019. That's a different story. And going, I'm still on the journey of what I want to do. And me being upset or angry or angry at myself mm-hmm. isn't going to carry me there. So I think I think that's the thing that I really kind of 
absolutely. No, absolutely. It's the it's the big picture. It's seeing everything yeah. everything as a grain of salt, and you know you're on the beach. What drives you? In the times when, you know, it's difficult or even just any day when it's going, well, what drives you in life? If you're saying, man, this is this is what keeps me going in my pursuit of acting and my pursuit of things in life and other dreams. What is it? Um, again, I'm going to go to family and friends. That's the biggest thing. And when I see when I see them persevere or do something great, I'm 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 a big cheerleader. I'm, I, I love my friends succeeding, and that's a huge thing for me. I'm I'm never on the other side of like, you know, somebody booking a role and me going, well, who 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 cast that? Like, why, why didn't I go in? I'm not. I don't like that. I don't like doing that. I, I I champion people that have succeeded. What I love to do is going. That's so interesting. And and you know, he went for a like a, a two hour coaching for that role. That's great. I gotta. I, I, I got to get back to that mm-hmm. or, you know, like my mom grew up as a very hard worker. And, and so I have to change because I get into some bouts of depression, too. Like I have these moments where um, I am, I'm almost like a deer in headlights where I don't know what to do. So I kind of sit around and or I'll, and then I'll put on the TV, not know what I'm watching, but I'm just stewing in my head. And I feel like um, the thing that you need to do is have people around and workouts are a huge thing to get me out of that and small and and big goals which is you know something because i'm a huge boxing fan tyson fury went through a massive bout of depression um and he just fought for that heavyweight title against dante Mm -hmm. uh, Dante wilder and and that story really took to me because it was on joe rogan's podcast and it it really took to me because that's what happens you people get in their ups and downs and you just got to find those right moments and that thing that brings you out or that person that you trust that you're okay being open and vulnerable to mm-hmm. that will help you in that way as opposed to hiding it. I'm not one to hide it at all. I need I need other people's energy. I don't think humans were meant to be alone. So mm-hmm. I need that energy to kind of help me out or at least kind of give me a nudge. No, um, 100%. Yeah, and yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you opening up about that because I, I think as you were kind of alluding to, everyone goes through this. Yeah. I mean, everyone when you're in that time thinks oh, I'm the only one. Everyone else is having a great life. Everyone else is you know living the high life, and that's not true because everyone has experienced that. No matter how successful someone is, at some point they wanted to quit. At some point they were going through that bout and saying, "Man, is this is this really worth it?" And, and not only is this really worth it, that's when you go inside. I, and I think, I mean, you know, no one's really an island. And I think that's where you'd start going, am I good enough? Like, do I deserve this? Mm-hmm. If you start putting all of this on yourself when, you know, it's like, yeah, you do. You deserve all the happiness in the world and however you get it. And the, when you start comparing yourself with other people, that's when it drags you down even more. So just what makes you happy? And there's other people around you that that champion you too so what makes you not champion yourself and then it's getting around those things and you know just doing what you love i remember i remember a time where i was in my depressive state and i have this amazing view in my house and i remember not seeing it for a few days like i would look out there but i wouldn't see it Mm -hmm. until i realized i had a wicked day at work i had some great friends with me i did some amazing things that that made me really fulfilled and happy that day. And when I came home, 
that view was completely different. It was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And that doesn't have to change day to day because of what I do. It's the perception in my head and getting out of that mindset. Um, and that's what always brings me back to when I do start feeling in a certain state, I start looking at, up, like, at that window and looking at my view and going, I, I should, I, this needs to be enjoyed. I need mm -hmm. to give this its tribute and mm -hmm. get out and be active. Absolutely. Working out is a big thing for me to get out and get out of that depressive state. Yeah, sure. working out, I mean, for anyone who does it regularly, it's as much of a mental you know, release as it is a, a physical release and being able to grow there. Totally. In 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, people look back on your career and your life. What's two, three things that you want them to look back and say, Alex Ponovic, he was blank. So amazing to work with. Um, taught, taught me, shared a lot, uh, made my days better type thing. I love the... The thing what I love about working so much, obviously I love the work, but 90% of that day, because we're shooting 15, 16 hours. And when we're saying we're shooting 15, 16 hours, it means that's how long that day is. Mm -hmm. We're actually probably getting, like any production, probably getting 30 minutes, if that, on camera. Yep. So 90% of the time is you're sharing space with other people as they're working, as they're working hard at it as you're working out scenes and the gaffers moving stuff, the lighting tech's doing stuff. So are you a joy to be around? Is people want to be around you? Do you help people keep, be more creative because they, they're more present and, and you're just making it joyful? That's, that's what I want to give back. I want people to enjoy their work when they're around. That's amazing. And, you know, just, again, hearing your story, hearing you talk about the highs and the lows and the good and the bad, I, thank you. Thank you for being open. Thank you for coming on the show and just talking about the struggles that you face, the good times that you face. I mean, again, looking forward to 2019. I mean, yeah. it's amazing what you're going to be doing, and especially, with, you know, again, good things coming uh, for Van Helsing, hopefully with season four and then with Cold Pursuit and Snowpiercer. I mean, congratulations uh, on this year. Congratulations on next year. Thanks, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, and it's, uh, you're you're you, uh, you're good at your job because I don't really open up like that. So uh, <laughs> it's you it, you you I, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you, when you come to LA, you're gonna hit me up. We're gonna go work out together. We're gonna share some six five uh, six five memories. Love it. I love it. I'm in. That's absolutely. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you, Alex. Uh, if you guys want to follow Alex uh, after the show at Alex Pond A L E. K-S-P-A-U-N on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me at the only MC on Instagram and on Twitter. And certainly we are always here on Popcorn Net Talk Network at the Popcorn Talk. So many great shows and programs here on this channel. Comment, like, subscribe, tell a friend. That's what we're all about. We're all about spreading positivity in the world, being able to offer some inspiration, some motivation, and it's all free. That's the best part of all this. All we just ask, tell a friend. Go be a light in someone's life. Go spread some joy. Go spread some motivation and be an encouragement like the people in Alex's life, the people that have benefited me in my life. So appreciative for them. You guys, we're at back with another episode next Monday. Every Monday we're live. We're almost done with season four. And remember that advice for a better life. The best way to start 2019 off on the right foot, start right here, right now. Make some plans. Make some goals. Until then, we'll see you next time. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. The views expressed